Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. My name is Craig Henson. I'm the Next Steps Pastor and your host today. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Lead Pastor Eddie Cox, Executive Pastor Brian Cox, and Student Pastor Chase Callahan. Yes. Hi. Of course you would speak. Yes, you, got you were there. To. You were there. I'm there ready. I know you are. It's my favorite. He changed it to lead pastor. Lead pastor. I appreciate yeah, that. I like good. that. That's you don't like senior? The senior feels... He don't like that. Oh, yeah. Unless I get a free biscuit. I'm good, you know, with that. Yeah, so. Gotcha. <laughs> so we just started this brand new series, uh, walking through this amazing document of Galatians, and Chase kicked things off on Sunday with an amazing message, uh, talking about... Sunday best versus mm. surrender, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But this document of Galatians, it's so relevant in the 21st century church. It's so relevant in 21st century America. And here's the issue that the Apostle Paul addresses there. How am I made right with God? And there's one way out there, there's you know one thought out there that says you do it by keeping the rules, by right. having strong religion, if you will. But I think the scripture is clear that we're really made right with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ that's all about grace. So the Apostle Paul is confronting this issue with these churches in this region called Galatia. And uh, they're trying to mix the Old Testament law and the, and the Torah with faith in Jesus Christ and his death and re- resurrection. And unfortunately, the Apostle Peter's playing a part in this, and some people are struggling because he's involved. But the bottom line is we still deal with this in the church here in 21st century America. Mm -hmm. We still deal with it here in the church in South Carolina. And so I want to ask Pastor Eddie, if he would, to just talk about the role that religion versus relationship played in the starting of Marathon Church. Well, part of, you know, we were, I was looking at, listening to Chase Sunday, and I was going back over my old stuff. I was thinking about how we got started, that kind of thing. And it was amazing that I thought after so many years, we started in 1997, and by the, you know here we are 23 years later, whatever it is, that this would have gone away, that we would have been smarter to know that religion and is not way to get to God, but it's relationship. And Marathon, the reason we started was because of the religion, and we were in it. I was raised in it. And so when I finally stepped yeah. out, and I know, Brian, you were part of this. Mm-hmm. We went to, wow. um, well, I forgot, what it was like a Western Sizzler Steakhouse. I, I forgot what it was. It was Ryan's, maybe. Oh, um, oh was it? Oh, it was Ryan's? Ryan. Yeah, I do. Oh, I love Ryan's. Yes. Now I'm hungry. Thank yeah, you. The good that. rolls yeah. they had there. Yeah. We, we decided to do the here's how we Here's how we figured out where we were. We went to Ryan's, and we went there to see people and invite them to church. What we found out was, you know, people go to Ryan's when everybody else is at church. These are the people <laughs> that are not going to church. Okay? Awesome. So we went there. And we said, you know, we started telling them, look, we're not like other churches, you know. And then we had to tell them about clothing issues and music and right. that kind of stuff. And the problem was that they were always feeling judged about everything, for clothing to tattoos, whatever they were driving. That is what they were used to. So for Marathon to come into a culture and shift that, that we really do mean we want you to come in your blue jeans. And I think one of our best mail-outs, you remember this? Our best mail-outs, it had a blue jeans on it, and it said uh, church clothes. And that right there brought, you would not believe the people who came just because of that. So shifting from religion, it's still here. I can't believe we've tried right. all these years. It's still here, still being judged. And but that was the main reason why Marathon started, because we were losing people over rules mm-hmm. and rituals that had yeah. nothing to do with the Bible. It was amazing. That's right. So... 
you guys probably relate. I don't know if Chase can still relate. He's kind of on the younger side, but we were all, you know, wearing our Sunday best, the suit and tie oh, and everything. Yeah. And those of us that were wearing them, we were hating life. I mean, we didn't want to still be wearing them, but we we're still wearing them because <laughs> that's what we we're supposed to do. And uh, I mean, basically, we were wearing them for marrying and burying in church only, and nobody's wearing them any other time. And it's like we—it's dress up on Sunday morning. Yeah. But see, as a kid, uh, and I'm 37, so I still had the Sunday best thing. I grew up in the South, and my mom—that's what it was about. Like, I was raised a pastor's kid, so like that's sad to me that early on in my childhood that church was about the clothes that I wore and the appearance of being good versus the relationship and the even the love of Jesus that was shown that week. Now, I have no doubt that there were strong believers in that church that I was a part of and in our culture, but what was sad was the overarching like difference was the way we looked, the clothes that we wore, and if you didn't do that, something was wrong with you. Like your Christian card was was wrong, you know. And so, yeah, even you mentioned me being a little bit younger. Yes, but as a kid, that's what I remember. That well, one of the things I noticed that is always it was always preached what we could not do and should not do, right? But never what we could do. Yeah. Do you know what it was? Yeah, always keep this. Right. You know that yeah. was the whole thing. Dress up. And Brian, he was notorious for hiding his church clothes. <laughs> you want to talk about that? Oh, no. Here we go. Go I ahead. Say it. We got to hear it. That was when I was a kid. I know that. <laughs> okay, that's way back. Okay, but I do remember something. You talking about clothes and how people look at you. Yeah. I don't think we realized that it's like a light bulb came on for us. I don't know if you remember this. I do. I know what you're saying. We we had church where we just started, and we were wearing, like, normal clothes, okay? And I remember going into the restaurant on a Sunday night. Yeah. And everyone looking at us when we came in. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, they didn't go to church. <laughs> and I remember feeling that, and I said, that's exactly what the community feels like. That's the way they see church. It's yeah. a We're just judging them and not loving them, and that really opened my eyes to that relationship, that grace thing that God was trying to show us. Yeah, they didn't know. They didn't know us. Mm-mm. They didn't know anything about us. Only by what we were wearing, they were already judged us that we were sinners and we were going to hell. That was wow. it. Right. And, I, you know, and God's the one that looks on the heart. And, and he, I, that, that really opened our eyes. You know what's, what really bothered me is that I was like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah right. But I didn't know I was like that. Mm-hmm. 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 I didn't know I was judging. I thought I was sure. just... You know, that's what you did. Like, I'll pray for them. Yeah. You know, but that's, I didn't realize that to God. I mean, He has to. Well, you know, that, change your heart. That happened. You know? uh, that happened to me Sunday after church, and it's funny. We, we went to a local restaurant, and there was this uh, teenager, or not teenager, he's probably early twenties, and I was I got in front of him somehow or whatever. And I, after doing a message, like you just you're not thinking, right? I'll be honest. You know, you're just trying to decompress. And I was like, man, I'm so sorry. I, I preached this morning, and I, and he just gave me this look of like, in that <laughs> you had a you know hat what on. I mean? I had a flat bill on. I had my black long you know long shirt. Tats. I have tattoos. You know. <laughs> and then we started a conversation, and he's like, oh man, I I just didn't expect that. And I said, really? He said, yeah, yeah. And we had a good conversation, whatever. And he didn't mean it, but it, I mean, hey, we're in the South. I mean, that's exactly the issue with where we are is. We, we have these different, um, like, 
focuses and approaches to God, I feel like, and that's what really Galatians is talking about, all these different approaches, and one of them being the rules versus the relationship. And when you look in the South and when you look at where we come 20 something years ago, we changed the approach. You know what I mean? We didn't, we didn't, we weren't okay with the approach where even legalism and things could fester. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's huge. But now you know what I struggle with? (laughs) It's the other side. Yeah. Where now I'm over here. And I'm looking at you that side. Be, oh, and going, I said, yeah, God's like, right. well, don't start judging them. Yeah, that's good. Because now yeah. you're doing it again. Yeah, it's so exactly. hard. We, I'm like, uh, it, I see it. Reverse you know, judgment. It. it is. Love all, man. You have well, to love all. And I heard, yeah. I heard a mentor of mine say, if they're not against you, they're for you. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. you're looking at different styles of churches, that's okay. I mean, yeah. at least in my personal opinion, I feel mm-hmm. like if they're not against you, then they're for you. And you're talking about the other side. That's yeah. what I have to hold on to because, you know, not like that kid. He was dressed up, you know, and he was he went to Sunday church and did mm-hmm. his thing. I mean, he wasn't against me. He just didn't know, you right. know, and um, yeah. So I think one of the great things is that from the very beginning, one of our core values has been that everybody's welcome. And it remains to this day. We don't qualify anybody at the front door. Right. Um, as it turns out right now with driving church, we're not looking in the car windows. No. We, we had a guy show up without a shirt a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. The guy got out and oh, changed his taillight. Put him in the back row. <laughs> that's right. So, I mean, for me, that that's just the most beautiful thing. That's why the church is here. Sure. Um, we don't qualify anybody at the front door. Brian, talk a little bit about that in the early days. And did did people come in their quote-unquote Sunday best? And like, oh, this is different. Well, I don't know if I should share. <laughs> Really, we had a choir. Oh yeah! Here we mm. go! Here we go! I don't think I can share that, guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it won't matter. Yeah. We had—I'll just say this: we had in the early days, we had people. I love the innocence, you know, that yeah. they didn't think about those things. Yeah, they just wanted to be a part of something, and and God had changed them, and and they might get up on stage in the choir and have shirt on that they don't need yeah. to have on. Right, right, right. Says something. Says the, or, you know, they're taking up the offering in a Budweiser hat or, you know, I don't know if you remember those days. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You know, I struggled a little bit. But I'll then be you, honest. Yeah. But then you have, like, my mom. Let's say I came a mm-hmm. year after it started. You have my mom who was coming and, and making that transition, and she did. I mean, your uh, Brenda, your wife, was. Mm-hmm. she remembers my mom coming in for the first time, had the Sunday best on, and was thinking – Oh, girl. (laughs) (laughs) You're in the wrong place. We need to help you. And so for the first time, my mom was like, oh, my gosh. It was almost like a light went off. And that's when she came back home and told us, not this church is better, but it was just like this one thing that we have been missing is this relationship that it's it's not about what we got on or what we look like. It's about that relationship with him and what's going to help help us do that and focus that more. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I remember no, there's I, both sides of that. You know, I, I think sure. um, God was always teaching us. I mean, it's it's we've never arrived. Yeah. Just because we started church in a different way doesn't mean you know we had it together. Absolutely right. I think you know I had to learn that relationship how important it is no matter where people are what they've done and i look back at how i was raised you know i think you asked here we saved to do what was it you said save 
we are saved by good works or are we saved to do good works? Yeah. And I think growing up, okay, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, okay, but I forgot training union. And visitation on Tuesday. Visitation on Tuesday. (laughs) And if you didn't do that, you didn't, you know. Mm. And so I had had that built in me. And I'm not saying those things are wrong. My mother was amazing. And and I believe there's some good things there. But I think it does become a how many times can I go to church? How many times can I do something? And we keep score. And then when we – and that basically we take God out of the picture when we do that. And it becomes a, you know, how good am I? You know, and that for me, that's where God was changing me right there in that moment in the beginning of the marathon was like, see, this is a relationship. This is a relationship that I want you to have with me. I don't want the rules to get in the way of our relationship. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There are some things that we have to think about. You know, we are examples. But, you know, that that was something I had to learn, you know, that we gradually changed. Over time, I think one of the when we got past the clothing, here's one of the things. Here's the issue that was next was, I'm a pretty bad sinner. Okay, <laughs> so this is the next issue after mm-hmm. walking. Okay, we got the clothing thing. Will you still love me when I tell you what I have done? Mm-hmm. And will God still love me after I tell you what I've mm-hmm. done? That was the next issue. There's the grace part that was coming in. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when they found out, we really didn't care what they had ever done because Jesus Christ changes everything. And so that was the next test was, will you love me as bad as I am? Mm-hmm. That was the next test after the clothing. That was, mm-hmm. that was one of the things that I, um, that I really focused on was in that first chapter um, of Galatians was getting them to, you know, when we're looking at religion versus relationship, everyone thinks that God's mad at them. You know, when that, that first journey, it's, Hey, I, you know how much sin I got? Are you sure? The hand? And Romans 5, 8 is a great reminder of, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, he knows more about our sin life than we do, and he still yeah. loves us. You know, he still right. likes us. He wants to hang yes. out with us. And I think that's what we have to continue. I have to remind myself that over. And it doesn't give you a free license to go sin, and that's not what I'm saying. But when these, you know, people like myself come into a church like ours and says, hey, I got a lot of baggage, you know. That's the first thing that I tell them is like, don't we all? We all have a lot yeah. of baggage. And it just looks different. It does, and he likes you. He loves you, and no matter no matter what that baggage is, he he still likes you. So this is not intended to be a doctrinal discussion, but what was going on with the churches in Galatia is that they were trying to bring the Old Testament all in, Old Testament law in, and specifically one particular issue. And one of the things I always had a problem with is is who gets to decide which of these rules we have to live up to? <laughs> you know, good question. And and I'm I mean, guys couldn't have long hair, girls couldn't have short hair. You know, don't drink, smoke, or chew, or girl, go with girls that do all that stuff. You know, and I'm like, wait, yeah. who got? Because we've never been under the law. Right. As far as I know, we're all Gentiles here. We've never been under that mm-hmm. law. So who gets to make these rules? So it was kind of crazy to start with that we put people under these rules. But I love where you guys went because at the end of the day, is it do you love Jesus and do you love people? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's it. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, what was the day? The dancing was the uh, dancing, drinking, and what was mm-hmm. the other one? Divorce? 
Divorce. Yeah, the three, yeah, that, yeah that was a three yeah, That's a big one right there. A lot of, yeah. That was a big issue mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in, you know, and all the stuff. But that was, it's still here. It in, is. And in, in within a, a miles of us, it is still the three days that's going on. So that, I think it's a measuring stick for them. This is the way I saw it. Religious-wise, If I'm pretty good if I don't do those. And if you do, then I'm better than you. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it felt, you know, and that's, that's where we started with. So one of the things that I think happens, even in a church like ours, even in uh, what I would call an open-cultured church, some of these things can sn- still sneak back in, and it's kind of mm-hmm. what I'm talking about on, on, in the message on Sunday. Yeah. How do we keep those attitudes? Uh, mm-hmm. How do we keep the judgment, the condemnation? How do we keep that out of the conversation in our church family? That's a great question. Well, I mean, it all comes back to love, that greatest commandment that Jesus gave us. You got to love yourself too, you know. You got to know that grace applies to you, and not to what you do. You know, yeah. I, I think that is kind of a confusing thing sometimes. You like, you know, that means can I do anything I want? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but I think if you know Jesus and you experienced His love. That'll be evident, yeah, and, that's and totally the fruit will show. You know that conviction will be there. Um, and to me, I think everything with the love of Christ, I think, changes it all. Mm-hmm. And I, that's that's what I think. Yeah, I think I mean, that's my. I thoughts. think we we can't be spiritual police and manage everybody's life. Okay, we really can't do that. And that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. Yeah, I think my job is to mm-hmm. love them until they get there. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And I think that's what we've seen over time. You know, how do we keep uh, religion out, that kind of thing? I love, it is the love mm-hmm. that over overrides that. Whatever you've done, you know, I think a lot of that stuff, we a lot of religion, the people I dealt with, is like a defense mechanism. I don't really want to get mm-hmm. any deeper with this relationship. Mm-hmm. Then I'll have to look at things. And, right. you know, it's easier to do, it is easier to do religion than it is relationships. Sure. Much easier. I, I, I would say that I, I remind myself, and I, uh, Chris Hodges quoted, uh, this was a quote from him, but he, you don't get your act together to get to God, you get to God so you get your act together. Exactly. And, and I think that's, uh, I had several people you know, comment back to, hey, can you say that quote again? Because that, right. I mean, that hits home with so many people. And you know, he, Jesus didn't wait for you to change so he could start loving you, right? He loved you so we could change. And I it's a constant battle. Like we have to choose to believe these things. We have to choose to live in the spirit, put on the, like I said, Sunday, instead of putting on our, our Sunday best, so to speak, let's put on Jesus, put on righteousness, let's put on, you know, look at the fruits of the spirit in Galatians. I mean, like that's, that's a, you want to know what your life should look like and what should, where you're at. Look at the fruits of the spirit. Where are you? How are you with self-control? Maybe that's something you need to work on. Where are you at with you know with peace and patience and kindness? You know those. I don't know. For me, it's a choice every day. And I think Eddie was pointing that out. And I th- I think Galatians five twenty 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 two and twenty three is going to continually come up throughout the series where the <laughs> yeah. fruit of the spirit are listed yeah. there. Yeah. Eddie said the Holy Spirit's going to do its work, and we right. don't have to be the righteousness police or whatever we want to call them. Mm-hmm. And I you know. I, I don't know about you, I'm actually saying this on Sunday, but for me it's kind of easy because my wife has a plaque hanging right over the bathroom sink with the, the fruit of the Spirit listed on it, so I kind of have to see it every morning. Ooh, uh, not so good with that one. Yeah. yeah, and it was not so subtle on my wife's part, <laughs> if you know what I mean. So, I mean, that that's really what it comes down to is, you know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, 
goodness, faithless, well, gentleness, and self-control. And I heard this said before: love people where they are. Mm. Let God change them. Right. That's it. That's all we can do is love them because God does the changing. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't. We can't police them. We can help them and love them and instruct them, maybe. But God does the changing. Part of the problem with that, though, is there's all there. I shouldn't say there's always. A lot of times, there's people in the church that want you to be the police. Yeah. Oh, what about so and so? What are you going to mm-hmm. do about them? But but but. In fact, if you guys would let me tell a quick story, we had a um, a same sex couple that was visiting our church in Los Angeles, and uh, they were coming for like you know two months straight. Like they didn't miss a Sunday, and so we went you know to the board meeting deacons and trustees and first thing they asked me hey what are you going to do about you know that same sex couple and i said well what are you going to do about the heterosexual couple sitting right next to him that's cohabitating mm-hmm. yeah dead silence right they want to pick and choose mm-hmm. you know so it, it who gets to decide and who gets to police and there's always people in the family that want you to police certain people he yeah. who is, is without sin throw the first stone like that i mean that's huge bro I'll tell you what happened with us is it took a lot of pressure once we figured out we were just I'm not here I can't make you do right and I'm not here for that I'm here to love Hmm. so the pressure was off of us and all we needed to do was continue to love like Jesus did and it really Hmm. made a difference it made a difference for us too for sure hey could we kind of start to wrap things up just with this one verse from chapter 6 verse 9 says so let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up therefore whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith Mm -hmm. i mean he paul's you know wrapping things up and at the end of the day churches in galatia this is what you need to do and uh i think sometimes it's easy to grow tired of doing good because sometimes it's hard to see the harvest um talk about that a little bit and about where we are as a church right now I can, I, can, I can start. You go. I, I see that verse, and I think before COVID-19, <laughs> I think we were at that first part. Let's not get tired of doing what is good. We were tired. Yeah. Really. I think the church as a whole, yeah. we were really pushing through. But we, in some way, I don't know about you guys. I'm speaking for myself, I guess. But I was weary in a lot of ways you know are we making a difference what is going on what you know people don't seem to you know want to be here or connect or you know and we're really working hard Mm -hmm. how can we do this and then when all this happened then the light came on the harvest is plenty it Mm -hmm. is there it is waiting people want god they do that has not changed and now i think we're we're getting fired up for that Mm -hmm. you know Go ahead, brother. Well, uh, well let me say this. I'm pointing. Yeah, here's what happened. Now, I didn't cause COVID-19, but I want to tell you what it said, okay? <laughs> Not my fault. fault. With this first part of this verse, we're getting tired. We're getting, are we doing any good? And we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And I said to Brian, we, the church needs a crisis hmm. because everything else is – we're not – now God's not at the top. We're, we're somewhere right. – we're getting oh, to pick yeah. and choose and moving toward the bottom after whatever it may be, whatever you love, whatever you want to do on the weekend. And I said the church needs a crisis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the 9-11, and that was yeah. more like a jolt. I don't think that was – we got over that. Right. And now we're here in COVID-19, and the second part of this verse is really coming alive. Mm. It's really coming – you're going to reap a harvest, 
if you don't give up a blessing and we're watching it every weekend now thousands and thousands of people we have never even talked to are listening right and it happened so i get this verse now i get it yeah I love, whenever the opportunity we should do good to everyone and boy we have an opportunity and we right now uh, and we have been in a, oh in a society or in our culture right now i mean i think that's it's huge. I, I did a message, I think it was last year, and I talked about this verse, um, just about what is it called with the when you're building the iron gates and they put them in that the really hot. Uh, anyway, they're forming iron, right? And to without that Moldy. heat, yeah, yeah, yeah. mold and like without that heat and without that pain, so to speak, and without that, you cannot move it. You cannot bend it. And I think that's sort of like that's what these point. crises are: is that. Mm-hmm. At just the right time, it will be done, and you'll be ready, and it will pull you up, and you will be moldable to to be able to fit into the way that Jesus wants you to go and God wants you to go. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a very simple paraphrase kind of thing. But when I read this verse, I, that's what I remember, and I remember holding that. Uh, actually, somebody made me like they gave me one of the iron things and the little plaque that had this verse on it because that hit them when they were in such pain and they were in such a, a place. And now I look back at that family and I go, oh, my gosh. Like they got three kids. They're doing well. doesn't mean they don't have trials or tribulation or anything like that. But they were at a, they were at a breaking point. And, he, and he, he always comes back to me and he says, hey, I remember when you told me at just the right time, he's going to pull you out and he's molding you to do mm-hmm. something greater than what you're doing. Yeah, that's awesome. I think we've taken, you know, our opportunity to do good. Yes, to many. We've had a great opportunity to help a lot of people during this time, and uh, God set us up for it. And uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but I feel like we followed up that crisis with another one. And we're not going to get into that right now, but our our, our nation, our community is in crisis, yeah. and we have an opportunity to share share the love of Jesus like never before. Totally. Uh, any final thoughts, gentlemen, before we? Uh... I think Galatians is, and I said it Sunday. Galatians is a is a staple. Uh, is a staple book of the Bible. I think mm-hmm. just because one of the my favorite things that I said to everybody was, this is not like somebody or Paul's preference or ego talking. These literally was a rev, rev, revelation from God, from his lips to Paul, to these churches and to these people that were confused and had, uh, had religion versus relationship. And so to me, my saying, and I love this saying, is God's words are the best words. And that's why I love Galatians so much. And when we earlier, even la- I think it was last year when we were talking about the series, you know, what what should we do? And mm-hmm. and we started talking about Galatians. I was going, yes, 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 yes. Because if we could just, just hold on and grasp some of these just nuggets out of this Bible, and we started actually living it out, man, I'm telling yeah. you, we would we would see things completely different. And we would view the world, and we would view these crises and these uh, just confusion um, episodes totally different, you know. But yeah. oh, I'm ready for it. Well, I would say this about Galatians, and if you look through the whole thing, it's not about what we can do; mm. it's about what He can do. And if you look at the fruits of the Spirit, even it's not—it's not produced by you. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's okay, right. so yeah. it's produced by Him. So this is that. This is that moment where He walks into this mm. in Galatians and says, "You should see what God could really do mm. if you'll let Him," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you want oranges, go to an orange tree, right? <laughs> yeah. right. Go, go close to the source. Yeah. If you want something, go close to the That's source. Exactly That's exactly right. Yep. Well, I think it's a source of encouragement, too. I mean, because 
you know, you see, I mean, it just basically tells us what's going on right now mm-hmm. when you look at it. And it kind of helps you know that God is with you and right. God has got blessings and a harvest waiting for you. Right. Just keep doing good. Mm-hmm. Just keep looking forward. Keep focused. And I really needed that mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I needed for to sure. know, okay, God, I've been doing this 25 years now, Eddie. No, oh, about yeah. We started when we were three or four. Well, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're young. Mm. Yes, um, uh, nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you get weary, and sometimes you need. You know, God, I think just like I said the other day, just kicked us in the seat of the pants, and you know, gave us another yeah. vision, another focus. Totally. Uh, let me say this: what I love about what the staff, what everybody's done, we jumped on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. There was no hesitation. Do you notice that? Uh, yeah. We totally. jumped, buddy, and we are reaching people. Like we have never seen. It's been amazing. And I think me and Brian, we we had a conversation, I think it was last night even, where we do, I mean, if if you're wondering, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, how can I pray for those guys? One of the things that we're doing it, like we want to do something, right? But we also want to know, are we do, are we doing it right? You know, right. And, and it is tiring. It is, you know, trying to keep up with, Something that we have no idea is going to, how do we do kids camp? How do we do youth camps? How do we do services? How many chairs do we put out? Yeah, it's tiring. Um, but I do think, Eddie, you're exactly right. We as a staff are, we're not not—we're not sitting down. Like we are gung-ho ready to go. And so I think for me, my, my prayer is for the staff is that we are energized by what, he can do not what we can do if we are willing you know yeah. so. awesome thanks you guys hey everybody thanks for listening today love jesus love people live on purpose check us out next week